This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, gather around the fireside and listen to a tale. Of yon McCool, Coo Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Graw, New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 65 of Fireside and we are coming to you under very different circumstances. We are not in the beautiful surroundings of the Headstuff Podcast Network in Dublin. I am quarantined, I am isolated in the Wicklow Hills, uh, back in my home in Wicklow Town and I am recording this on the portable equipment that I used to record the podcast in when I was on tour in America last year. Anyone who've been listening that long might remember because of course the uh, the world is in the midst of an incredibly serious time at the moment. I hope that people who are catching up on this podcast, who are maybe starting the podcast today while we are in quarantine, in isolation, I hope that by the time they get to this this episode that this is all a distant memory and that we are in the mode of recovery as uh, as our various cultures and societies and just as a as a worldwide community of people because this is one thing that's affecting the whole world now currently where we stand in ireland at the moment is that we are just about as i'm recording this in the second week of of quarantine of isolation of the social distancing the episode that came out of fireside last week was recorded a couple of weeks ago so that's why if anyone listened to it was wondering why i didn't acknowledge it so that was recorded the week before and i intentionally am only recording this the day before it comes out because i think in a situation like this will be everything will be changing day to day we'll be getting new news every day so i wanted to keep it as up to date as possible unfortunately of course that means that we have had to postpone the uh, fireside live show that was due on for the 10th of april but that will be back as soon as we can and as soon as it is safe, because ultimately that is the most important thing. And we, as as a world, have never gone through something like this. The world has never known something quite like this, certainly not in our lifetime, or I've asked even in my parents' lifetime. There's nothing really to compare to this. But the way we'll get through it is it's been incredible to see 
we'll get through it by listening to our <laughs> listening to our health departments and being kind to each other. But it's been so nice to see the extra output of content from various artists and musicians and even right down to just YouTubers and podcasters. It's been incredible to see such a a push across that and um, so many people reaching out and just talking to each other. It's been really nice. So with that in mind, I wanted to talk to you just, if you are a first-time listener, I hope that that was, I hope that you have got to this, as I said, in in a few months' time, in, a, in six months or a year's time, when hopefully this will all be in the past, and I hope that you are going, oh, remember that. Um, if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support, and I just want to take this point to say that uh, if you do really want to support the podcast, as always, you can do so by following me on Instagram at firesidebard, all one word. If you want to reach and get in touch with me, that is the best way to do. And if you really wanted to support the podcast, you can do on patreon.com forward slash fireside podcast uh, where you contribute any amount. And listen, I get it. I know that a lot of people are out of work at the moment. A lot of people are working at home, but some people, especially the self-employed, myself included, have been rendered completely out of work. So I get that there is not a lot of cash flow at the moment. So I just want to say to my current patrons and to the the couple who have joined up even in the last week or so, thank you so much. I totally understand if you need to rescind that at any point, um, but I appreciate it at this time now more than ever. And to anyone who was considering to support the Patreon before, and you can, if you are someone who is in the position to, now really would be a time that it would be appreciated so much. It is the Patreon has always been a, a a side thing that has been slowly building up, but now it is one of the only sources of income that I'm very happy to to work for. So to any of my current patrons or anyone who just listens to this podcast, even if you can't if you can't afford it, that is absolutely okay. Um, I am absolutely still going to be recording this podcast each and every week through this time. And I want to up my content, especially on social media, recording new videos. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you want more of at this time, because I think this is a, a really important time to have a conversation, have a dialogue between the listener and the host. And I am here for anything that you want to suggest about the podcast or what you'd like to hear more of or what you'd like to hear less of. So if you can support the Patreon, I would incredibly appreciate it. But if you can't, that is totally, totally okay. I cannot emphasize how much this podcast is an incredible outlet for me at this time as well to be able to write and record these and to have the the equipment that I do have so that I can keep recording it each and every week. I'm getting a huge lot out of it anyway um, without anything else so don't feel bad at all if you cannot support but if you can now is a time that it would be incredibly appreciated but I will leave it there when it comes to that um, we're going to move on to this story now this is a story I found from the same book I've been finding the last couple, which is Meeting the Other Crowd by Eddie Linehan and Carolyn Eve Green. The story I found in the book was really more like a nugget of a story, and more like a just a very brief tale. Didn't really have a beginning, middle and end. Didn't really have a structure to it. Uh, certainly not how I would write these episodes, or I feel work for these episodes. So 
I kind of read it and then really liked it and tried to think about how to adapt it, but I thought, no, it's too short. There's not enough in it. But then it just stayed with me while I was doing more research and trying to find a story for this week. And it stayed with me. So I went back to it and I had at it. And I've adapted it a significant amount. I'd say it's one of the stories I've added and changed the most of. But the essence of the story is still very much the same that I found in Meeting the Other Crowd, including its title, which will you will have seen from clicking into it. But I'll chat a bit more afterwards. But this is Tom of the Fairies on Fireside. <laughs> Tom of the Fairies There is a village in the far southwest of Ireland, in the kingdom of Kerry, west of the Dingle Peninsula. A village where still to this day, the majority of its residents hold on to our native tongue and speak the Irish language every day. The village is called Ballyferreter, and a picturesque, multicoloured beauty it is. And in Ballyferreter, there once lived a young man, known locally as Tomas Nabuki, Tom of the Fairies. He was a mortal lad who worked behind the bar in one of the local pubs, but he was known as Tom of the Fairies because one night the other people came to his bedroom window and carried him off with them. It's never quite clear why certain people are chosen to be spirited away by the good folk, but what is clear is someone who is is under their protection, and is thusly not to be trifled with. There was a rusty old plough outside Tom's cottage that had been used for many years by his grandfather. On the first night he was carried off, one of the fairies touched this plough and it was transformed into a magnificent horse. This stallion became Tom's personal mount, and climbing on the horse's back he rode off into the night with his new friends. But a gang of humans mixed with fairies is a dangerous thing. Fairies alone are dangerous enough, but with a mortal amongst them, they are free to interact and disrupt our world as much as they like. And each and every night, Tom and the fairies would spend gallivanting around the villages of West Kerry. They were more comparable to pirates, Vikings, or a biker gang. They would charge into pubs, demanding drink and women and song, and when they'd had their fill of each, they would charge back out again. Then they would knock on the doors of the homes of poor, sleeping local folk, demanding hospitality and more of the aforementioned sources of merriment. Anyone who refused would gently be reminded by Tom. Have you met my friends, the other folk? at which point apologies were usually begged for and fine whiskey produced. If that comment still had no effect, well, that family might just find their cow's milk running dry, or their baby turned into a changeling, or their house burnt down. And that's if the fairies were still feeling up for the crack. This newfound lifestyle soon turned Tom of the fairies into an insufferable sort, He strolled around Ballyferreter, believing it was he who had all this power, that everyone lived in fear of what he might do to them. While out one night with the lads, they ventured as far as Tralee, and in a bar in that town, Tom met a girl called Susan. 
As soon as Tom saw this girl, he knew she was the one for him. And when they spoke, Susan actually brought back out the good young lad that Tom had been before he had been first carried off by the fairies. Tom convinced Susan to move with him back to Ballyferreter and become his wife. Susie said yes, and the fairies gave the two lovebirds a mighty session to celebrate their marriage. So in love was Tom with Susie that he wanted to give up his days of roving with the other folk and settle down in his home village. Unfortunately, it is not that simple, for if the fairies show up at your window and ask you to come away with them, you don't really have much choice. It is the finest of lines between being blessed by the other folk and cursed by them. So not long after the wedding, the fairies began to knock at Tom's window and invite him out gallivanting once more. Night after night, Susie began to wake up with no husband beside her, but rather the massive stump of an old oak tree. Initially, when he was dragged back out again, Tom of the fairies hated the idea of leaving his wife behind. But soon, the draws of his old lifestyle started to creep back in, and after a few long, hard nights of going at it again, Tom of the fairies was back to his beastly old self. Susie began to not recognise the man she had married, as he would sleep most of the day and be gone all night. They survived through random pieces of gold, the source of which was always a mystery. Gambling winnings, fake fairy money, or just outright stolen. It was not the life the Tralee girl had wanted for herself when she moved out west. One day, Tom went into Dingle to meet with a cousin of his from another neighbouring village of Ventry. They had not seen each other in some time and caught up on everything from Tom's marriage, his cousin's work, and, of course, Tom's night-visiting companions. "'That reminds me,' began Tom. "'I called round your house the other night, but you weren't there.' "'Which night was this?' asked the cousin. "'I can't remember exactly,' said Tom. "'But when there was no answer to our knocking, we let ourselves in.' "'You did what, sorry?' We let ourselves in. Well, there wasn't much in the way of security, and obviously no lock would be a problem to any of my friends, but I have to say I was a bit disappointed. In what, exactly, said his cousin, still trying to wrap her head around this unashamed burglary. Well, your house is in a bit of a state. The kitchen was a total mess. There wasn't a whiskey bottle with a drop left in it, so we had to chance a sup of water. Only when we went for the water, there was not a clean cup in the house. Now, my friend wasn't very happy about that, but you're lucky you're my cousin, because I told them you were, and they let the matter be. But they weren't happy about it, and to be honest, I'm surprised you'd leave your kitchen in such a state. Thinking before she spoke, the cousin said, Was this on Tuesday night? Do you know what? I think it was. Tuesday I was working all day. It was a good day's work, but it led late into the night. I got home way too tired to clean. I mean, usually the house would be spotless. Wait, wait, why am I explaining myself to you? Well, I did you a favour with the other folk. Did me a favour? You broke into my house. We knocked a good few times, to be fair. You drunkenly knocked three times, and when I didn't answer, you let yourself in. When you should have just gone home. 
You'll never just go home when you're with the other folk. And to be honest, I think you're being a bit ungrateful. I mean, one word from me and... And what, Tom? Well, who knows what could happen. You're not one of them, Tom. You're just a pet. A shot of something from the back shelf. Good once in a while, but soon you get sick of and wonder how you ever had the stomach for it at all. They'll get sick of you and abandon you and you'll be left with nothing. No powers, no family, nothing. Well, we'll see about that. That night, when the fairies came for Tom, he told them about what had happened that day. We need to go back to my cousin's house, so we do, and we need to do something. I turn our water to blood, or I don't know, that's your department. The other folk weren't used to Tom being the one to make the plans. But they let this slide, as a bit of mischief sounded good to them. They once again turned his old plough into a mighty horse, and they rode off into the night towards Ventry and Tom's cousin's home. But as they were curving the West Kerry coastline, they came upon a series of rocks that needed leaping. One by one, each of their horses leapt them with ease, but when it was Tom's turn... His plough horse leapt up and he shouted to the stars, McGraw de Lame, a shan van krachte. A fine jump for an old plough. As soon as he said this, the horse became a plough once more and Tom fell to the ground. And the fairies were nowhere to be seen. Hello, lads, my friends, I called you. Oh, come on, don't be playing tricks on old Tom of the fairies. But it wasn't a trick. The other folk are extremely volatile and sensitive. They hadn't liked taking orders from Tom, and they hadn't liked his comment about the old plough. When he said it, they knew their fun with him was through. He was never one of them. He was never their friend. He was a means to an end. And Tom of the fairies never saw the fairies again. But of course... Life did not just go back to normal. When Tom returned home, he had found that Susan had left him and moved back to Tralee. She said she had married a man, not the stump of an old oak tree, and that Tom would always be married to the other folk first. The rest of Tom's family had also heard about his threats to his cousin, so none of the rest of his family ever spoke to him again. Tom spent the rest of his life alone in the village of Ballyferreter, as a cautionary fable to young children. There goes Tom of the fairies, who was spirited away and got too familiar, alienating his mortal friends before being abandoned by the very folk who made him what he was. Tom died, but the tale lives on. The End And that is the tale of Tom of the Fairies on Fireside, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Yes, there was something in this story that I really liked. First and foremost, I believe, it was its setting. It was set in West Kerry Village called Ballyferreter, where I actually went on holidays with my girlfriend last, last summer. Yes, just outside Dingle. It's a beautiful beautiful little village where yes where the majority of the 
people there still speak. It's in the Gaeltacht, the Irish-speaking area of of West Kerry. And Dingle is just a fairy tale place anyway. It's absolutely magnificent. I'd never actually been, much to my shame, I'd never been to Dingle before last summer. And that was kind of our point in going down was that we'd go and visit Dingle. But Ballyferrager, we found a beautiful place to stay outside it. And Ballyferrager and Ventry and the entire coastline down there is just incredible. It's it's where the Skellig Islands are. Uh, to any Star Wars fans will know the Skellig Michael was used as the uh, the site for Octu, which is the pl- the planet that Luke Skywalker trains on in the new Star Wars trilogy. Um, you can assure that when any time Skellig Michael came on screen, when I was in the cinema watching any of those Star Wars movies, and I did see all of them, I saw two out of the three of them on the night they opened and midnight screenings and any time they showed up I roared from the back of the cinema come on Ireland which I was very proud of I think if you recognise the Skelligs they really stood out as Ireland when you saw them Uh, and they were absolutely the highlight of those movies was the appearance of Skellig Michaels Uh, but the filming of Star Wars there has had a huge knock-on effect to tourism which already was vibrant in Kerry but it was has become even more so since the filming of Star Wars and in Ballyferreter there is genuinely I swear to God there is a Star Wars Irish pub I say it's a Star Wars pub now it's pretty much just a regular Irish pub that just calls itself the Star Wars pub now there is if memory serves, there is a Darth Vader made out of old tires outside it, which is how you can spot it. But otherwise, on the inside, I think I saw a Yoda. I think... I really think that it was it. I don't think there was really anything else at all, but it was just... I got a, a real cheap laugh out of it because that, to me, is really Ireland all over. They were like, Ashwell she will make a thing of this she will make the the star wars of film in there she will make a thing of it but we don't want to really make a huge amount of effort we just uh she will just call it a star wars pub and sure the the tourists will flock to us but star wars pub aside or maybe even partially because of the star wars pub ballyferder is an incredibly beautiful village that you wouldn't it wouldn't be one of the first things you'd think of especially you'd obviously go straight to dingle which you definitely should but if you're looking for a place to stay it's about 15 minutes outside it and it's a beautiful place. And so that was the first thing that jumped to mind when I had this story. But I kind of turned it into a bit of a cautionary fable because in the story, in the book, it doesn't really have an ending for Tom. It just starts with him threatening the cousin. And then it cuts to another story of another person who is spirited away by the fairies. And he's the one who makes this this comment, uh, this Magradale, Mishan Van Kyakta, um, which is a fine jump for an old plough uh, to show the sensitivity of of the fairies, which is more the point. But I thought this, I could, if I could put a through line to it as and make this a tale of Tom, Tom's, of the fairies' downfall to the fairies, I thought that that could work. And I hope you feel it did. I actually really, really enjoyed that. And I hope the sound on this is quite good. I have them headphones on and the monitor it's actually sounding quite good i've got a good pop shield over the mic now because that was a big problem when i was recording this podcast in america 
was that I had to use a pair of tights around a coat hanger to stop those plosive P sounds into the microphone. But this is a this is a real treat because I have my little office at home here in the corner that I've been doing my writing and my playing music and doing all my other work. And it's really nice now. I have a little recording corner here now. The acoustics in here are actually pretty decent. The SM58 microphones they use, they're just the job because they are directional microphones. So they really only pick up just what's around them. So you don't even need the best room in the world to record with them. But considering that when I was away, I was recording in little corners of uh, of hotel rooms. And I'm trying to think, did I ever actually, did I record an episode on the bus? Because you travel by tour bus mainly, which obviously you would very rarely get to yourself. And there was one time, there was one time where everyone was out in the pub and I stayed. I certainly wrote an episode, but I can't remember if I recorded it on it. Because the bus would get quite quiet, but there was always a generator trailer told behind it that was never off so that the bus would always have power, which uh, you'd be surprised how quickly that becomes the the thing to lull you to sleep at night. <laughs> but obviously it meant that there was the bus was never totally quiet, ever. So I think I might not have for that reason because I think even the 58s might have picked that up. I can't remember. Someone can, someone can tell me who might remember or might be listening to more, more recently than I did. It was one of the Fenian cycles. I remember I was doing that while I was there. But yeah, it's always it's always really lovely to, to check back in and record a, an episode myself to be reminded that this podcast can go anywhere and can be recorded at any time and in any place, because I would always want to keep it going. And it really keeps with the, the fireside bar, the traveling traveling storytelling troubadour vibe that I aspire to always in life. And I hope that you'll continue to join me on it. So I will wrap things up there, but I hope that wherever you are in the world, that you are safe, um, that you are isolated, that you are isolating with someone, that you can actually spend some time with family or a loved one, a partner, whoever that is, that you can still keep in touch with your family and friends. Because it's it seems old hat, but uh but you know, the mental health is is as important to, to maintain here. I'm really finding just keeping the routine, trying to get as much work done, but also just being kind to yourself. Don't feel like you have to get absolutely everything done while you can as well. You know, this is a tough time for everyone. Everyone's lost everyone's lost work everyone's like everyone's lost holidays a lot of things are uncertain right now uh, but we're going to get it through it together and if i can do anything else for you in terms of stories or fireside or music or anything please do let me know and if i can i will i want to be able to help in whatever way i can so i will leave things there but thank you so much for your continued support thank you to jamie for continuing to edit this podcast during this difficult time. Thank you to Alan and Patty of Headstuff, even though we're not in their studios. This is still, they are still my biggest champions after all. And thank you, the listener, again. And I'll see you all, you'll hear me all next time around the fireside. Thank you and goodbye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.